0: Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book, and I'm your host for this podcast series. This is episode 77 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is reading with unillustrated pip cards. And I have a very special guest, my good friend, Andrew McGregor of The Hermit's Lamp. Welcome, Andrew.
1: Oh, thank you for having me on, Teresa.
0: I am so excited to talk about this topic because I think it's one that I think a lot of people are really intimidated by pip cards that don't have illustrations. And, you know, um, so I know you're the person to talk to about this uh, because you are an expert on the Merseys deck. And, you know, my first tarot deck was the Merseys. And I got to say, that was a mighty hard deck to start with. You know, again, there are no illustrations on the minor arcana cards. And so instead of the scenes of life like you see on a deck such as the Rider Waite Smith, the Messiah simply had swords, wands, coins, and cups. So let's start out by talking about what your thoughts are about illustrated minors. Do they add or distract from the interpretation process? Well, I
1: think that they help some people get started. You know, I mean, it's easy to look at an image and... oh look this person looks happy or sad or here the person's receiving a gift or something like that so I think that for some people they can really uh, provide something to look at speak about Um, but the problem is is that as soon as you start varying from that or if you're providing an interpretation that um, doesn't go against the meaning of the card but maybe doesn't 100% gel with what the person is seeing in front of them it can undermine the reading process because the person can start to second guess you. you know they can start to look at it and say okay well you say that this is going to be hard for me because it's in the problem section of the obstacles but when i look at this card here it looks so joyful and happy i don't know if i can believe that and then you get into this sort of conflict between what the person's seeing and thinking and feeling and maybe what you're offering as the advice based on position and and all sorts of other factors
0: all right. I never thought about that. You know, so um, what would be your advice then for people who want to get started working with unillustrated PIP cards? I mean, you know, so many people, like you said, an illustrated deck is easy to get started with because you have something to look at. But if you don't have something to look at, what's the best way to get started?
1: So the thing to, to do, you know, that I often have people in my classes doing is You know lay out all of your numbered cards from ace to ten in your four suits in a big grid right and start to look at them as a pattern because the numbered cards in in non-pictorial pit cards they tend to be more about the shape and form they tend to be more related to the patterns and the way in which those patterns evolve and grow and often when you're gonna lay them out and look at them in that way, you'll see, oh, look, look at how obstructed the transition from the six to the seven is in the swords. All right, look how uh, how the floral pattern, because a lot of these cards have floral imagery attached to them as well, you know, leaves and flowers and such. Look at how the, the, from the transition from the four of coins in like the Jean Valblay deck, where there's a shield in the center with four coins around it, like a little uh, structure. Look at how that's replaced by a coin in the middle with with leaves growing around it and holding on to it what does that make you feel what does that make you think about and if you start looking at this then when you're having conversations about money or you know things and one of these cards show up and be like oh look here we have the shield protecting the center of the structure you need to take care of your your money your finances here we have where it's open but supported by plant life, see how it's growing and thriving. And when you're looking at them all in a big grid, this will become tremendously easy. And the challenge that a lot of people fall into is they take the deck, as most people do when they open a new deck, and they just start flipping through and looking at one card at a time. But that doesn't give you a sense of the patterns. It doesn't give you a sense of how the stories of those patterns play out and where those uh, meanings might come from based on that.
0: Right on. That's great advice. Um, You know, I never thought about it that way, about looking at the patterns. And so here's something that I want to ask around that. Um, You know, you're talking about looking at the patterns. So um, do you think then that the unillustrated pips lend well to intuitive reading? Or are the meanings of the unillustrated pips cut in stone?
1: Hmm. Well, I don't think anything's cut in stone around tarot. So, you know, I mean, I'm going to say that first. I think that a lot of things depend on um, which branches of tarot history and tarot practice you're working. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: I think that certainly uh, working with the, the, the non-illustrated pips and working with the sort of Marseille style cards in general, for me, it allows space for a variety of approaches to emerge. And because I have a background in esoteric tarot and sort of standard Rider-Waite-style uh, card reading, and then, you know, sort of fortune-telling-driven um, psychic approaches from kind of European card readings, and, you know, a background in psychology and all these pieces, for me, it allows a lot of space for any of those things to emerge. But I think that uh, going with straight-up just intuitive readings I think that if you're a psychic, you might work that way with these cards, but just sort of intuitively feeling something from them, I think that that's going to maybe be more challenging because a lot of people who I've taught and spoke to who want to work more intuitively are still feeding back off the images in their cards, and in the absence of sort of people to see and, and scenery to look at, I think that would be more challenging for people.
0: So then would, would you want to maybe explore a system such as elemental dignities if you're going to work with the unillustrated pips?
1: You could. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you can look at it this way. And this is sort of one of the things I talk about when I'm teaching this material. Um, the, the coins and the cups are generally positive, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're about money and feelings, and they're generally about good things. Uh, swords and clubs uh, or batons these are things we fight with right these are, these are uh, tools of conflict or struggles or effort in one way or another so when we're looking at the cards uh, we can look at them and say okay this group is generally more positive or desirable this other group is probably more challenging and then we ha- we have a scale from one to ten of challenge right or, mm-hmm. or blessings right so ten, 10 coins are better than one coin 10 swords are worse than one sword right mm-hmm. and so looking at it in that way where you can just sort of look at them and say okay this is more this is less and if you're doing a, a bigger spread where there's more cards is this moving up you know did we start with one sword and now we're at six? Well, oh, that doesn't seem so good did we start with six and now we're down to one well that's definitely an improvement you know, we can sort of look at the progressions and the patterns in the reading to determine things. But I think that one of the things that's helpful around studying the non-illustrated tips is you can absolutely go and memorize a bunch of meanings, or you can work with elemental dignities. You can do any of those things. But if you look at them as sort of uh, patterns and progressions that play out in the reading, that's often where, where some of the real gold can come from. You know, and, and in some ways, you know, a lot of people who read this way read it in a, in a manner much more akin to Lenormand cards. So when I discovered Lenormand stuff about six years ago when it was sort of emerging in the communities and where I was, and everyone was really sort of saying how, how great this was for fortune-telling, how great it was for predicting the future, um, how non-psychological it was. My my immediate reaction was like, oh well, actually, this is exactly how I read the tarot. This is exactly what I do in a certain way with the uh, with the non-illustrated pips and with with all of the Marseille cards. So, if you have a background in reading the cards, you might want to think about what that might look like if you were to transfer it over to these uh, non-pictorial pip cards and sort of how that might go.
0: That's great advice. So. You know, you mentioned about looking at the patterns as a way to master the meanings of the unillustrated PIP cards. Do you have any other tips that you think could help people, especially when they're first starting out, um, really grasp these cards or get comfortable with them? Let's put it that way.
1: I think, uh, I think a great uh, way to think about doing readings with these cards is they lend themselves really well to pointing at them and talking about them. And showing the person getting the reading what you're seeing and why you're seeing it, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can point at, you know, like an example I already gave, you can point at the shield in the center of the four coins and say, like, look here, something needs protecting, right? There's a shield and it's surrounded by these things. What's inside? What steps are you taking to protect things, right? Or What about this situation is precarious? Look here how the coin is uh, enwoven in these branches, right? You know, see how it's, uh secured but also maybe harder to get to and if you think about giving a reading where you can point at the cards and speak about what's going on in a really clear manner and use the idea of the patterns and all those things in your language the person sitting across you is going to understand it very quickly and easily and you're going to find that you arrive at clarity quite quickly because the challenge that people letting any system do is overinterpret the cards. Right. right. Look at the cards, see this, and you know, see the the empress, and like, oh, you know, the empress, um, you know, like a, a common meaning might be you know about uh, nurturing and support and these kinds of things. And then it's like, well, you know, and I feel like you you need more support, and you know, you need, your mom didn't support you. I mean, you can go down these roads and start making assertions. Right. Mm-hmm. But. It's, it's, a, it's a mistake that a lot of people do when they're starting. is They start adding all these other things and trying to tell too much of the story. But if you're going to read non, uh, non-pictorial pip cards, start by, what can I point at? What can I talk about? And then allow that to lead the reading and the conversation. It's going to go very well.
0: So, you know, I've well i got a particular favorite um, on Illustrated deck. I, I love the, the tarot. The size of the cats. I love that because you know I'm a cat fanatic. But is there, are there any um, unillustrated decks that you feel might be a bit easier to work with, or are they all pretty much the same?
1: I think they're all the same. Mm -hmm. I think that um, you know a lot of people um, worry about where they're going to start with decks. You know, right? And I spend a lot of time having conversations like that because I run a store in Toronto and people come in. And they're like, I'm buying my first deck and I want to get it right. You know, I want to get the right one or, you know, these kinds of things. And it's superhuman. And we all have that, those thoughts and feelings when we're starting something new. But I don't think that there is any particular system or approach that's better than any other. I mean, I've started reading with Aleister Crowley's Talk deck. And when people ask me, you know, well, what, what did you read? How did you come to understand it? I'm like, he wrote a book i read his book
0: mm-hmm. over
1: and over and over again and that was it and so i think we can start with anything uh, i'm a huge fan of the jean noble deck uh, i like the style um it's one of the earlier uh, tarot, de marseille versions and so it's very um rustic and so on in a way that i find quite charming but it's very much a matter of taste i think that any of those decks um, you know, the florinoids make a bunch of great decks. Um, they're all very beautiful. Uh, you know, there's lots of other great stuff, more and more of that coming out in print these days. And I don't know that any of them are easier or harder than others. Right. Except right for somebody in one of my classes had one where all it had was the number of sticks, like mm-hmm. like the Roman num the Roman numeral number or like you know, like the number nine, and then like one wand, and then the ten of wands would be the number ten and one wand. I think that deck wasn't helpful. I think that's too little.
0: Yeah, too, too minimal. That's like about as uh, empty as it gets.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe maybe you can slide into a, a Zen fugue state and give a reading from there. But uh, yeah, I don't know what else can happen with that. You're right.
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your wisdom with me and my audience today, Andrew.
1: Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Anytime Teresa.
0: And could you tell I know you've got you've got so many things going on to help people who are learning tarot. I know you teach classes and you've got some books and decks. Could you tell people what you've got going on so that they know where to work with you or what great projects you might have to offer
1: for sure so uh the easiest way to see what's going on with me is to jump over to my website which is the hermitslamp.com and uh we have an online store for the physical store so we have hundreds of decks that we will ship anywhere as well as all sorts of other goodies um, i have uh, at the time this is released we'll have just released my third deck which is a self-published oracle Uh, Which is a very sort of surrealist uh, dream state kind of driven deck to help people open up to uh, kind of nonlinear space and see how that feels and what might emerge from that for them and then later this year I have uh, the Orisha tarot, which is a deck coming out with the that I have uh, done the done the art and written the book for and stuff so uh, yeah, we always have classes going on online uh, pre-recorded stuff and new things all the time. So, yeah, all of that's on the website.
0: Awesome. So, again, people, for if you're listening, you certainly want to get over to thehermitslamp.com. That's where all the cool tarot people are hanging and buying their stuff. So, once again, thank you, Andrew.
1: Oh, thank you, Teresa.
0: And, all right, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, and all kinds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and plenty of other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. Thanks again for listening and have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love it if you would take a moment and leave a positive review on iTunes. That will help more tarot-curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I love to finish... Off by saying this. Pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.